Welcome to Well Talks. This is episode eight with Dr. Robert Pony, Dr. Jill Franks, and not Dr. Erin Shockren. Uh, so today we are going to start with a bit of a wrap up on the ketogenic diet and our personal experiences. Um, if you've listened to our podcast before, you know that we are taking ourselves through a few of these, you know, popular fad diets just to really be able to share with you um, the pros, the cons, and really just our personal experiences from it. And then we will be discussing what our next experiment will be, but I will save that for later. So I guess I'll start with my personal wrap up. Um, so again, this was the very first time ever really doing um, a specific diet, uh, let alone the keto diet. And I was very surprised by it. I was a little hesitant going into it, um, just in the sense that I didn't want to feel bad. <laughs> I didn't want to lose weight. I didn't want to kind of, as a health coach, I didn't want to appear that I'm, you know, going to be prescribing these fad diets to people because really I'm all about like lifestyle changes, sustainability, habit change. Um, so I was kind of iffy about it. But, you know, for the sake of the podcast and to really share um, my personal experience, I did it. And I surprisingly actually liked it. Um, as we talked before, you know, three days in, or the first three days were horrible. Uh, but then after that, really started to feel some of the benefits, that mental clarity, I think was kind of the most surprising um, that I really enjoyed. Um, I enjoyed what I was eating. I felt good on it, um, felt like there were still a lot of options, um, but I just think my f overall final wrap-up, final review, for, for this is just for me, I'm actually not against the keto, uh, and that, that almost surprised me too. <laughs> I think my final review would have been uh, completely against it, but no, I'm not against it, and I'm all for if you want to try it, absolutely give it a try. For me, I don't see myself necessarily even ever doing it again. One of the main reasons is because of my kids. And when I, because we have family dinner every week, and so we were sitting, um, like with extended family, sitting at the table, and my daughter like asked me why I wasn't eating the bread. And just for a three-year-old to be watching, you know, her mother eating meals and you know wanting to project health on her and for her to ask me mommy why, why aren't you eating the bread why aren't you eating the cake why aren't you eating the ice cream and I it like stumped me and I didn't know how to respond because clearly I, I I let her eat that and the rest of the family is eating it so that really kind of didn't sit well with me um, just for right now anyways uh, obviously I want to just you know be the role model for you know good health, balance, um, anything and everything in moderation. Um, so that would, I'd say, for my personal experience, why I wouldn't continue with it. But um, for the gen general population, and if anybody, any of my clients like wanted to experiment with it, I would absolutely um, help guide them through it because, yeah, it's not something I'm against at all. I like that you brought up the, the your children mm -hmm. because I never actually considered like what it would be like for like if you had always been mm -hmm. not eating those things mm -hmm. and they had grown up that way that's different absolutely yeah but the change all of a sudden <laughs> and mm -hmm. then to have to question it it's really hard because of the relationships we have with food and for yeah. such a for young children you have more than one mm -hmm. um, to to realize that later like it can really make 
good and bad seem all blurred and then that can be problematic so i i never considered how like yes they i mean if no one could eat cake that's mm -hmm. great that's yeah. better for you but uh, if they're already doing it but right. knowing that mm -hmm. eating it responsibly yeah. and telling them not to all of a sudden yeah for sure it's a big difference yeah and it just goes to show you just how observant and how much sponges <laughs> kids are too right it, like it honestly just shocked me when she just asked like mommy why aren't you eating that and I was like, oh, I, why do are you noticing that I'm not <laughs> having that piece of bread on my side, my plate right now? They wanted it. So, That's yeah. all I want. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll go with my wrap up then. So I had done the ketogenic diet before. I'm a big fan of it. I think the at my strictest, the most I had done it for without like any fault was probably a, a six month stretch. Um, and then I had maintained it pretty well after that, but I had started to introduce some smaller amounts of carbs more carbs back in um, but then starting to go strict for the month that we had done it um, that was fun it was a good transition out of the holidays so I liked uh, starting to get back into the keto rhythm I've always been a big fan of the diet I didn't realize that after you let yourself slip just a little bit <laughs> over a long period of time that getting back into it is a little bit trickier than I would have uh, hoped but uh, it definitely wasn't as bad as the first time I'd done it. So I do think there is some adaptation that takes place after doing it for an extended period of time where when you go into it again after, you can adapt quicker and better. Yeah. Um, I definitely didn't experience the, the big, I think the biggest thing that I didn't have this time was the huge, uh, the stuff you experienced in the beginning with the exercise, like the mm. big drastic decrease in performance. I didn't really notice that with cardio. I don't know if I was just out of shape or it just it didn't bother me, but it wasn't as drastic as the first time where I remember going for that first run after a few days of being on a ketogenic diet and not being able to make it to the end of my street. Mm -hmm. And it was demoralizing to say the least. Uh, but this time around, I didn't have that. I sunk into it quicker. And um, with the measurements that we were doing, um, Aaron was measuring me throughout and I was measuring him. Uh, I found it interesting. I think you noticed this too, where it was kind of slow and steady in the beginning. I think we had both expected for both of us to go a little bit faster earlier on with the yeah. weight loss, fat loss. And then there was like a big drop right near the end of the month. So maybe that's just how long it took to really get into ketosis where we had finally like fully adapted where maybe it wasn't as dramatic the first time. But um, I think overall in the month, I was down, I got just under, I think I got, ended at 179 and I was down from 186. So about seven pounds and I think about 3% body fat from what we had measured. Mm -hmm. It's all written down now, I just can't uh, remember <laughs> it exactly. But it was funny because I think for the first half of the month, the pounds were coming down slowly, but I think there was only like a 1% body fat drop, maybe not even 1%, and then almost three full body fat percentage yeah. dropped in that last weigh-in at the end of the month. Um, so that was quite interesting. Um, but similar to you, Jill, I did notice that um, the mental clarity came back, like it was one of the first things. So at the end of long days, I was noticing that when I was driving home after like a full day of work or whatever it was, I was just focused, like I could drive and not have a problem. Usually I get a little tired. <laughs> I don't want to say I'm falling asleep, yeah. but you know, the focus isn't as there. And at the end of the days, it didn't matter. I was ready to go home. I could do more things when I got back home or I could go to sleep. It was not like I had, I was super amped up, but I wasn't also like just drained where I couldn't do anything. So I really like those benefits. I think even like doing this diet again and again, I think that's probably what has kept me on it the most every time that I've done it. It's, it's really that energy, that clarity. 
Um, so that's where I am with that. The other piece that I want to point out is that I've been wanting to experiment more with exogenous ketones with a ketogenic diet. I don't think you should really be taking them if you're not on a ketogenic diet. So if we ever do hit this topic up again, I think I would want to see what supplementing with some exogenous ketones during it would be like. Which now there's a ton on the market, so. Yeah, it's about time. It's been tricky yeah. to get here in Canada other than like um, MLM companies that carry them. Not that they're bad, I just don't want to order them forever. Yeah. And be on like and a sell constant. them to all your family and friends. Exactly. I just want to try them and that's it. <laughs> but um, I would like to try them more. The time that I, I did try some once and uh, I had some pretty crazy results where I was on a ketogenic diet tried just one dose of exogenous ketones before a workout. I used it kind of as a pre-workout and I had the best workout of my life, but in a bad way because I had pushed myself super hard. I was just not getting tired, so it was great. But then the rest of the day I felt like crap. Yeah. I had a headache. I was just like overworked in that one bout of exercise. So I would definitely adjust my dose a little the next time, but it is something that I wanna look into more and try for myself um, just as a personal thing. Awesome, awesome. Um, so with uh, my experience to wrap it up, um, like Rob, I've done the keto uh, a few times prior to this experiment. I've always had phenomenal results with the keto. Now, the last few times I've done it was quite strict, um, where like I was, my, my goal obviously has always been with weight loss uh, in, in regards to keto, but I was way way more strict in terms of what I was eating I I was very very specific with down to the point where I was measuring my greens uh, my protein intake my fat intake uh, as we discussed in the last podcast about keto I wasn't uh, the one thing I wasn't doing was was portioning out my my or focusing on the ratio between protein and fat I was just cutting carbs and sugar in general making sure my my fat was increased but my I, I wasn't really reducing or lowering my my protein in, in any way um having said that so i i've always had good results with the keto this time i had very similar results um to what rob was saying where i my weight overall weight loss was quite slow at the beginning and uh everything else was was great like my body fat percentage was was dropping at, at a relatively good pace um how i felt was incredible so i felt uh, a ton of energy i felt very uh very clear very focused um i didn't have a lot of um like energy swings throughout the day where you know one day i was fine or one minute i was fine and then all of a sudden i'm, I'm crashing i my my energy was pretty normalized throughout the the entire day um and i just noticed overall i i felt better um I, my weight loss continued to be relatively slow in comparison to the last few times uh, that I did it, uh, which was sh shocking. I really assumed uh, that I would have a drastic weight loss, but towards the end is when I really started noticing a little bit more. Uh, now, total, I'm down close to 10 pounds, but I just reintroduced something else that we're about to talk about, so I'll, I'll leave it to when we discuss that. But I reintroduced a new plan on top of, uh, on top of the keto, Right now, I'm off the keto for this week and maybe next week as well. I haven't decided yet, but then I'm, I'm planning on going back on it again um, just to see if I, I'm going to try to tweak a, a few things up and, and see how that, you know, how that reacts. Um, now, to touch base on, on what, you know, Joe was saying, 
in regards to, you know, with your, your kids. And that's a great point that I think all of us need to always keep in mind too, is that when, when you grow up in, in like a, a healthy household, let's say, and you know, you're focusing on proper nutrition and wholesome eating, making sure that everything is there, but nothing is there in excess, then it's very easy to make sure that you're, you're, you're maintaining your health, you're maintaining your weight, you're, you're making sure you're healthy so that these so like quote unquote fad diets aren't really necessary at that point. Um, so not bashing, you know, any of these fad diets, just calling a spade a spade for people who don't, don't necessarily struggle with their weight. That's where, you know, you don't necessarily need things like this. Now there's extraordinary circumstances, various illnesses or conditions that maybe you want to try, uh, you know, using certain diets like this. But for the most part, if you're, if you're, you know, a good weight, you're healthy, you're, you're, you're fit, then following more, more of a full spectrum approach to eating where you have a little bit of everything in, in proper proportions is a, a generally healthy approach. Like, so looking at it from, from Jill's perspective, she comes from a healthy household. You're not, uh, you're, you know, it's not like you guys are eating McDonald's and fast food. It's more of the fact that, you know, you, you have a little bit of everything in moderation, everything is controlled and, and it's healthy. So in your case, cutting something out when you didn't grow up with that yo-yo diet or that fad diet system in, in your life or in your household, it's a little bit shocking to, for, for kids to see because they don't understand it. Why, why is something bad all of a sudden, right? So that's something that I think we should continue t touching base on too is really why these fad diets really exist and who they're for. But overall, I'm I'm very enthusiastic about about the keto program. I love it. I felt great with it, and I won't lie. I'm going to do it quite a few more times. Um, so yeah, I, I was going to ask, like, would you both do it again? You kind of <laughs> said no, maybe earlier. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe. Yeah, like for for me, it's like even after I'm done hopefully sooner rather than later done this this weight loss journey i just noticed overall i and it, it, this could also just be associated to years of yo-yo dieting like when i was younger um always looking for that quick fix i was always up and down with my weight when i was when i was a kid and uh into my like like later later on in my life as well but now i just find that my body functions more optimally with without without an abundance of carbs or or even a, even a lower like a lower level of carbs is, is still I find a little too much for me I I think I work better with little to no carbs in my system yeah and I mean I really enjoy the ketogenic diet as well I've I've found for myself a lot of benefits um, but I am excited that we have started this podcast and that we want to try some other diets to see how they go because I honestly can say I haven't tried all the diets mm -hmm. and I just maybe found keto first and it worked well so I stuck with it but um, that is to say like that really I want to emphasize my point where I always try to say that like I do think everybody has a way of eating that works for them but I don't think one is right for everyone um, so you really have to experiment once in a while to see I'm personally dreading a vegetarian diet <laughs> yeah. but who knows when we actually do it I might feel great on it and regret everything I've ever said about a vegetarian diet I don't know I want to I'm excited to try it um, and worried. 
But mm-hmm. um, one other thing that I want to do, and I want to kind of say it on the podcast so I'm held accountable, so you and anybody listening can call me out on this, but uh, I want to set a goal for myself this summer to train for a longer distance run. I'm aiming for a marathon. Yeah, that's your wheelhouse. <laughs> um, so aiming for a marathon by the end of summer, but half marathon I'd be more than happy with. But I want to do it on a ketogenic diet, like a proper, so we can't do the vegetarian one mm-hmm. at that point. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to kind of try to run a very long distance on a ketogenic diet, and I'm going to work on formulating like a... Uh, not energy drink, but a while running drink um, that has fats in it and doesn't have any sugars or Mm -hmm. anything like that to see if I can avoid hitting the wall and all that. Um, I ideally want to experiment with that during training and not on the Mm -hmm. marathon day. So uh, I want to see how that goes. And Oh, you just got me really excited. Good. Let's run together. You're going to smoke me. But I I want to try it. So why don't we do it? So what race are you going to do? I have not looked that far into it. Okay, we will plan. I will plan for you. Perfect. Um, We can do it where you do it non-keto. I do it keto and see how we feel. Done. Um, That is how Aaron is completely (laughs) silent. Aaron's not speaking right now. Come on. Half, half. If you guys do it, I'm in. All right. right. There we go. You heard it, people. (laughs) In on the sideline. Given the the drink. No, kidding. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in for a challenge. Let's do it. You're going to start strict cardio. There goes my days in the gym. All right. (laughs) No time for it anymore. Um, Yeah. So that's something I'm looking forward to trying and seeing how it goes. Um, But good. Now that you're in and you're going to hold me accountable. Uh, I know it's snowing like crazy right now, but uh, let's start running right after this. (laughs) Um, Awesome. Any other last closing bits of information? on the keto now we're good Um, I mean there's lots that we haven't covered there's like much more medical sides of it but we just did it as an experiment so um, if there are more details that we get into if the listeners want it I'm happy to talk all about it but uh, let's move on to our next I wouldn't even call this one a diet, but uh, <laughs> intermittent fasting. Um, I just want to start by prefacing the, the terms here. We had discussed this a little bit beforehand, but um, intermittent fasting and time-restricted eating, if you want to be technical, what we're going to be mostly talking about is time-restricted eating. And what I mean by that is going through periods of um, about 16 hours. We'll get into the details in a second, but 16 hours-ish where you don't eat and you have an eight-hour eating window. So if you're doing that daily, that's more technically referred to as time-restricted eating, where intermittent fasting, they just kind of get used together, and we may say them interchangeably. So, um, But intermittent fasting, a, a strict intermittent fast, would be more of a, a day off, day on, or a few days off with then eating periods, um, just to, to outline the differences. But uh, that's probably the last to hear of that, and we'll, we'll use both terms. But uh, yeah, intermittent fasting, time-restricted eating. So basically the principle behind this is very simple. There's no complicated meal plans. It's you're eating what you wanna eat, so you can follow a separate diet at the same time if you want. But um, it's basically blocking off an amount of time where you're not eating, so just cutting yourself short uh, at the end of the night usually, so you spend most of the time sleeping, not thinking about food too much, and then you periodize the time you have eating. So an example of that, what I usually follow is a 16-hour fasting window where I'll stop eating whenever I end up having dinner. So it kind of changes depending on my day. Um, Usually I try to finish a little earlier so I can eat a bit earlier, but basically what that looks like is if dinner's done by 6 p.m., 
then the first meal of the next day comes, uh, now I'm messing up my math, what, 12? Is that right? <laughs> if you're <laughs> 16 if you're, hours? For, six. If you finish at what? At six. Oh, so 10. 10, 10 thank you. <laughs> um, usually I'm pushing myself to 12 because I have that variability. That's why I haven't got those numbers memorized. So thank you. Um, but yeah, so it's that. And then you're eating within the window of eight hours. So between 10 and, and six again. Um, the, the eating window, you do not have to be on a calorie deficit diet. This, there's separate benefits for this. So this doesn't have to be a weight loss type of thing. This can just be something that betters yourself and we'll talk about the benefits of it. But you can eat your three regular meals, you can have your snacks, whatever you wanna have uh, in that window. Personally, I found that by doing this, I function pretty well off just two larger meals in the day. So I don't like having three meals spread out. I also have more time when I only have to do two meals. I also find the quality of those meals is better because I'll take more time to make those two meals because there's much less that I have to prepare. It's twice instead of three times. That's me personally. Um, we can talk about what, what you guys think or what we're going to experience and find out. But um, I, I, that's a schedule that's worked really well for me. Um, so 16 hours, eight hours off. That works well if you're doing it every day for men. Women tend to respond a little different if they're doing it long term. Um, so with women, just because of hormonal differences, a 16 and 8 ratio of fasting tends to start affecting them hormonally if they do it for extended periods of time. I've usually only seen anything change if it's like a three-month, like they've done it every day for three months. You might notice um, some menstrual irregularities, just different things changing. Sometimes their emotional like irritability is increased. Um, little things like that, it can even start to affect sleep. So for women, if they're gonna do it every day, I don't recommend a 16 to eight window, um, but reducing it to 12 to 14 seems to be just fine. It mitigates all of that and, and you get a lot of the benefits of the fast. Um, the benefits, uh, let's talk about some of those. So a lot of research is coming out with fasting. I think it actually started from um, cultural study. So a lot of different religions will fast and they're finding a lot of these benefits with these particular people during those times, good markers being shown. So they started to research it more and they're finding that it helps reduce oxidative stress in the body, which is a, a huge problem right now. Oxidative stress causes inflammation, causes all sorts of problems. Um, the other big ones is, yeah, it helps with weight management. Usually when you're cutting yourself off after dinner, I find that's when people snack the worst mm -hmm. and for the, the least important things. So that's when the chips, the popcorn, the candy, the chocolate all come out and you don't need those calories. They're not providing you any nutrition at that point. So if nothing else, if it cuts out that late night snacking, you're doing great things. So the weight can just be maintained a lot easier. Um, and then there is the actual benefits to aging. So it's actually a very anti-aging kind of thing. Um, it has shown to extend the markers associated with aging. So improve the markers associated with aging. Um, that being telomeres, I believe, if I'm remembering this correctly. So telomeres are basically the caps on your DNA. And the longer they are, the more it's associated with you living longer. So this is one of the things that can actually extend those telomeres on the ends of DNA and help you live a longer, happier life. <laughs> so pretty cool. Um, yeah. Did yeah, I mean, <laughs> when we first kind of decided that this was going to be our next sort of diet or plan that we're going to experiment with, um, you know, I didn't have a lot of understanding of it before. So I went and did a lot of research on it. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm interested to try it. I've 
you know, there's a lot of different information about it. One of the things that I heard that was kind of like um, repeated a few times, and I'm, you know, want to get your feedback on it, is that you shouldn't do back-to-back -back days. And that sort of surprised me hearing that because I thought, oh, well, you know, would you really get the benefits not doing back-to-back -back days? So you would like do a 16, eight-hour window one day and then just your regular eating the next day and kind of switch back and forth between that. Do you have any kind of input on that? I don't like that. Yeah, <laughs> I, it was kind of surprising to me to hear that, but it kind yeah. of, I've heard it over and over again. It seems like it would completely negate the actual results from the fact. Yeah. Well, yeah, so I want to go on, on two sides to mm -hmm. that if, if you're okay with me going on a little longer. <laughs> um, I, I, most of the benefits that we do see coming out of this are from daily periods mm -hmm. of intermittent fasting. Um, so doing it back to back is one of the most beneficial ways to do it. The other thing though is that there are a lot of benefits from doing it just once in a while as well. Mm -hmm. So often I will get people to start off by picking one day of the week and just starting there to see how they feel. Because aside from all the uh, physiological benefits that we can measure, there is a huge change in your relationship with food. And that is one of the most important things because after you go for one period of 16, maybe 18, and you can push it longer to 24 hours, um, you go through that and you, you remember what hunger really feels like, where we have access to food that is just, it's very abundant, it's always there, it's very easy to access, so going 16 hours is not, is not crazy. You're still getting all your nutrition. Again, you're not skipping meals and drastically mm -hmm. reducing calories here. You're getting everything you need. You're just giving your body that break. So even doing it once a week, I think, does have a lot of benefits. So if you don't want to do back-to-back -back days, that's fine. I think overall it's a positive. Mm -hmm. But I do see it as more beneficial to practice it regularly. It doesn't have to be 16 hours all the time. I think no less than 12 should just be a stand. Like, I don't even think that should be considered a thing yeah. like that's not normal that yeah. should just be no, your normal. body kind of needs that time absolutely to detox on a daily basis yeah did you look like so, you had something. no it's more like one of the i'm glad we're talking about this uh this topic in general because i think that intermittent fasting um is now one of the most talked about things but you know i you know as a trainer and uh, it's also one of the things that I hear the most controversy about, but also a lot of a lot of wrong information about. Um, like when when intermittent fasting first came out, uh, one of my biggest issues with it was whatever company is is promoting this on Instagram or Facebook or the multiple companies that are, are pushing this for whatever reason that they're trying to sell whatever plan they're trying to sell. Um, one of the biggest marketing tools that they used was the fact that. You can eat whatever you want in that window. And one of, I remember seeing one of the first videos was this guy with uh, fast food on his, and it was on his dining room table. It was fast food, pizza, chips, chocolate, but he had his shirt off and he was shredded. Uh, and that was one of my biggest issues with it is because it's so misleading, especially for, you know, for people who are doing this or choosing to do this because they are, um, you know, they're on a, they're on a weight loss program where they're trying to, you know, change their body and, and, and get better results in the gym or whatever the case may be. Uh, there's a lot of information out there that's very misleading. One of uh, my original issues with, with it, and I, I believe uh, Jill had the same initial concerns, is from our background, we were, you know, it was ingrained in us very early, you know, breakfast is the most important meal of the day, 
uh, first thing in the morning is when you need to wake up and start eating right away to stimulate your, your metabolism, get your body working again, and then that's how you, and then you eat frequently throughout the day so that that's how your metabolism stays active and that's how you burn more, more fat and more calories. Uh, now research is, you know, starting to, I want to say separate a little bit where there's still that major school of thought, but then now there's this new one of, of this whole fasting idea. So for me, now it's about more getting, getting, trying it out. So I've actually started doing this a couple weeks ago, uh, to get, you know, a little bit more of an understanding on how I would feel doing it. Uh, we'll talk about that. But one of the other things I wanted to do is really just kind of pick um, Rob's Rob's brain about it and, and see exactly what his opinions are. Um, now, my, my first question I actually want to pose to you. So I, I like, for example, when last time I did the keto or one of the one of the first times that I did the keto where I lost the majority of my weight, I stopped eating every day at six o'clock. Um, that was one of the stipulations. Okay, I'm on keto and I'm stopping eating at six o'clock. Um, I would never go past six for three months. I went, I, I went without eating. Um, I'd wake up at, at that time. I was typically up around six thirty-seven every day anyways. And then I would usually start eating maybe half an hour, 45 minutes after that. So not necessarily if, uh, an 18 hour fast. Having said that, I thought that, you know, start me starting eating early and finishing early had a huge impact on my weight loss and on my, my body composition. What is your opinion on, because I know the, the major aspect is giving yourself that huge break from, from food and from eating, you know, and from any excess calories that you may have late at night. But what, what, is, your, what is your opinion on doing this fast and then just for someone stopping eating at an earlier time? Stopping eating, like, how do you... Like, for example, like, you know, it's 6 o'clock, all of a sudden you're done. It doesn't matter when you wake up and you start eating, but 6 o'clock, you have your dinner at, let's say, 5.30 or, or 5.15, whatever. And 6, 6.30 comes and you're done. You're finished. You don't eat anything until breakfast. What is your opinion that it's not the same as intermittent fasting? That it, it's any less beneficial or well what time would you be eating breakfast at so like that's exactly the point so let's say someone who's not eating or not waiting in the morning to eat breakfast they're eating breakfast right when they wake up they Mm -hmm. wake up have their eggs their oatmeal ezekiel bread whatever but that's right when they wake up they're not waiting until 12 to eat yeah and that's that's fine because you're stopping earlier so really you just make that period work for you so you said you were stopping at six o'clock even if you ate breakfast first thing and that was at 6 a.m you're still hitting that 12 hour window which is still just a basic good idea if you're waiting till eight o'clock from six you went to eight great i I encourage people to find a time where it works for them so that if they really like breakfast in the morning they don't necessarily have to miss breakfast in the morning it's just they're pushing their dinner up a little earlier or preparing you know more in advance where they bring it with them for me personally i like having that like if i get home late i want to eat before a little bit before i go to sleep and then i don't mind pushing through the day because when i get busy it's easy not to think about food so i can push it back later that works for me if i was somebody who had to have breakfast in the morning i would just stop a little earlier exactly like you said because it doesn't have to go till noon you can just make it work for yourself if you're somebody who wakes up super early in the morning and you want to eat at four o'clock just make sure you have dinner by 4 p.m or something like that or a little earlier 2 p.m if your schedule's off so still very beneficial 
Um, I, I like that you bring up breakfast specifically with it being the most important meal of the day because I love talking about this all the time. Um, I think it is, but also we've butchered it. And it's still like breakfast literally broken down as breaking the fast. Yeah. So whenever you break that fast, that's the most important meal of the day. Sure, to start your metabolism off right. But if you're having muffins and sugary cereal and pancakes and waffles for breakfast, that's you're ruining the most mm -hmm. important meal of the day. You can't tell me that me having breakfast at 12 mm -hmm. is worse <laughs> than you having uh, frosted flakes in the morning at 8 o'clock. But they're part of a well-balanced diet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> actually, I heard, so I was teaching yesterday and I, t I was talking about Nutella and this actually, exactly this time. Topic. Um, and apparently, because they, they were advertised, I love Nutella, by the way, but uh, they always advertise as being a well a good part of a well-balanced well diet. diet. They actually got sued for that. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, apparently they got sued. I haven't confirmed this, so please, if it that yeah. hasn't happened, don't quote me. But I haven't seen any commercials for Nutella in a long time saying that. Hmm. Mind you, I don't have cable anymore, so I don't see many commercials <laughs> at all. But uh, <laughs> apparently, that, I'm so happy. Like I love Nutella, but I'm so happy that... They can't say that anymore mm -hmm. because it's ridiculous. I don't know how cereal still advertised, but like... Well, if you, that, funny enough, not to completely stray off topic, but if you look at any cereal commercial, that table has more food on it than my fridge has. It <laughs> has, you know, freshly squeezed orange juice. It has fruit salad galore. It has, you know, eggs, everything, and then a bowl of... Uh, Frosted flakes. Is that so, how they get around it? I, I'm assuming like, oh, that's part you know, of a good breakfast. If you have all those other things on the table and you're eating all those other things, and as a side, you have a little, that's what they're saying. It's which is still not, not, the, not a good idea. Yeah, so I love that you bring up the breakfast piece. Uh, but I hope I answered your question. So, like, in your opinion, so now, like, me waking up at, let's say, let's say, push it even further. Let's say I wake up late. I'm up at nine. Mm -hmm. Would. Me waking, actually, no, let's go back to the other. Let's say I'm waking up at a normal time. Me being up for six hours before I eat, if I'm up at six every day and I don't start eating until 12, is that not, that's not damaging my, or lowering my, my metabolic rate at all. It's not having any negative impact. No, so yeah, okay, I see your point more now. Um, no, I like that break and we can do quite a bit fasted. So the, the reason this works so well is that if you think of us as, evolution you know we've come through some changes if every time we went through a period of uh, fasting or lack of food and we had to go find some more and we just functioned terribly like everyone says they do without food then we would not be here as a species because we have to hunt when we're hungry if we needed to go get something and we hadn't eaten in a long time we should be more focused and you do notice that that's one of the benefits of not eating till later is that because your body's not having to work through things and you can exercise fasted, you can do all the things. So your metabolism can definitely be risen while you're fasting. Um, it's just, you actually get a lot more clarity because you're not kind of trying to digest usually that terrible breakfast mm -hmm. that most people will go to. Uh, and you just, you can clear out your body. The biggest thing I love about this is that it helps so much with digestion that you waking up and doing stuff, your metabolic rate comes up. So uh, there's BMR, there's RMR. Uh, so there's basal metabolic rate, resting metabolic rate. Basically what those are, I'll stick with resting me metabolic rate. It's more applicable. But um, resting metabolic rate is the calories you burn while you are completely still. All you're doing is breathing. So if you lay in bed awake all day, not asleep, that's more basal metabolic rate, then you'd be that's the calories you burn just breathing, your heart pumping and whatever you're functioning. The second you start moving, 
your metabolism goes up. So that's why we don't use RMR as a base for calories because most people don't spend the whole day in bed. Um, as soon as you start moving around doing things, your metabolism increases. So saying that just because you haven't eaten doesn't make your metabolism come up doesn't make any sense because your body needs to compensate for what it's doing to, to move. Yeah. You're, you're burning calories just breathing heavier and speaking like we are now. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't think that there's uh, any damage to the metabolism. I think it can actually just help because of the clearing of the food and all that, just making it more room for your body to just do what it needs to do, start the day better. Mind you, that being said, if you've never tried a fast before, the first time you do it, you'll think everything I said was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll be convinced fasting is not for you. I, I encourage you to try it a few times before you give up on it. The first time I ever did, a, I think 18-hour fast was the, the first one I did. I felt horrible. All I did was think about food. I swear I was staring at the clock, just watching that hand go around until it hit whatever time it was that I knew I could eat again. And I had a headache, I was tired, everything. Now I do it without thinking about it and I feel much better in, before I eat. Not that I'm eating terrible when I start either, so I'm feeling fine after I eat, but it's just, it's very easy to do when you're not in that habit and pattern of having to wake up and eat first thing. Yeah. Uh, I've, you've tried it. You've yeah, there. so I've been doing it for the last, uh, I want to say I'm on my third, it could be on my fourth, I so much for the clarity, but uh, <laughs> um, I, I, I know three, I think I'm on my third week. Um, I've had a couple of days where I, I, I fell off, like the on some weekends I, I you know, ate earlier and ate also later, um, but then right, right away on during the week I went right back on it, and to be honest, yeah, the first couple of days was a little bit rough, um, but overall, I, 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 I do feel I do feel better. Um, I, I noticed that uh, I don't have like I, I suffer a, like a lot from like indigestion, and since doing this, I've noticed I've been able to digest a lot better. Um, but the main thing I, I like is that it helps me really identify what really like you said what what hunger really is and i always have an issue with that because i'm like i'm a huge emotional eater um i've i've always i've, I've grown up having a terrible relationship with food and i've always used food as somewhat of a, a of a happy drug so it doing this and really trying to to stick by this this fasting period has really helped kind of reintroduce that idea of okay when am I when am I actually hungry am I hungry now or am I bored or am I feeling stressed and I feel like I need something so that's really helped um, this week Monday uh, I started on Sunday just because I wasn't feeling the greatest so I, I stopped eating around four o'clock on Sunday and I just decided to keep going and I ended up going to it was 44 hours so I started eating at 12 on on Tuesday that's when I broke my fast, so yesterday. Uh, and uh, to be honest, it wasn't that hard. Like after doing the, the intermittent fasting consistent, for, like pretty consistently, doing a fast that long, I didn't feel like it was the end of the world. I didn't feel too bad. I felt I had a ton of energy, um, which was wicked. I didn't, I didn't assume that that would be the case. And I feel like that crash that a lot of people are having, especially at the beginning, and especially if you're doing this for weight loss, number one, mm -hmm. I, that initial crash, I think, is blood sugar, and I think it's the fact that we're we are going through withdrawal. So when when the drug aspect of the food is out of the equation, 
it's not we don't really need to be eating as you know frequently i guess now that brings me to my second question for you the notion of six small meals a day now it took a lot for for you to convince me and i'm i'm now more pro on fasting than i was yeah you hated it when we i, hated it. I <laughs> absolutely hated it um and but now again like really really researching it taking my time and reading more and more and more and then doing it because I'll be honest, reading the articles alone wasn't enough for me to, to change my mind. I had to do it. Um, I, and I, it's not that I would say, you know, everybody, you know, go out and start doing it. I, I'd say try it. Um, but now, six small meals a day versus two meals a day. I understand the calorie in, calorie out um, argument, but change my mind that it is not going to slow your metabolism by not eating frequently throughout the day. Yes, so uh, I like that. So there is something called the thermogenic effect of food, and that helps with your calorie burning throughout the day. So basically every time you eat, your body has to raise its metabolism to break down the food it's eating. So you're getting calories, but you're also burning a few more. Um, that the whole reason behind the six small meals or whatever medium, so whatever size meals you need to maintain or your goals, gain, lose. Um, the goal behind that is to if you're going to eat the same amount of food in three meals, it's better to split it because you're having that higher metabolism constantly throughout the day because you're always activating that thermogenic effect of food. That's great and you can do that, but I would still encourage people to do that within an eight hour window. Just have them small and frequent in your time yeah. period um, because I don't like the aspect of never giving your body a break to digest mm -hmm. everything. Because if you're spreading out those six meals, like for 16 hours that you're eating them, instead of 16 hours that you're taking a break, you're like, you could be eating things that are causing inflammation in your body. So yes, they're raising your metabolic rate, but they're constantly destroying your digestion. You never get a break, you never get to clear, you never get to detoxify. Your body's always having to worry about the stuff that you're constantly putting into it. And it never gets that break that it really does need every day. Yeah. So, Exactly, and I think that is what has sort of um, changed my mindset around it too, is really the benefits of the detoxification, you know, just, yeah, giving your body a rest, like, geez, that digestive tract just deals with so much Constant. all the time, and exactly that, you know, little bit here, like, all day long really can lead to those, you know, inflammatory responses and everything, um, so giving your body the rest. Um, the one thing I'm not looking forward to, because one of the things I was reading was that females in particular have a much stronger hunger sensation <laughs> and hunger hormones, hangry hormones. So I expect to get a little bit of irritability,ness but you guys will be the ones um, dealing with that because it'll be in the morning when Excellent. I'm here with you. So <laughs> You know what? I think women don't get enough credit. You have to give birth. You have yeah. given birth. If you can deal with that, you can deal with a little bit of hunger. <laughs> it's not as big of a yeah. deal. You guys are tough. Um, have you tried yeah. it yet, Joe? No, I haven't, but I'm going to start... I guess now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, good. I'm excited to see how yeah. you do with it yeah, as well. For sure. um, actually, something we forgot to mention during those fasting periods, you are allowed to have uh, water, uh, coffee as long as it's black or tea, uh, anything without calories. So 
basically beverages as long as you're not sweetening them or putting milk. I don't want people to think that we're doing these long fasts mm. without drinking. Um, most people, even a lean individual, has enough body fat stored to last them weeks at any given point. So the food part isn't as big of a problem. Nutrition is. I don't want you doing these not recommending week-long fasts here. This is just small periods, maybe come a few times a year if you're doing like full day type of things or extended days. But you can definitely, like, like you were saying, Jill, we have such easy access to food. Like it, you need to give your body that break. Um, so we've been talking a lot about like 16-8. I like that you brought up your 44-hour fast. So that one's interesting. I recently did a 24 and ended up going maybe one extra hour just because of driving time. Um, and I found it very interesting because I, I do a 16 hour fast for the most part every day, sometimes longer, sometimes a little shorter, but I'm used to fasting. Mentally, what happened when I did my 24 hour fast, I don't know if this happened to you, but I found it most difficult right at the start yeah. where I'm normally fasting anyway, which fascinated me because I think it was just me knowing that I couldn't eat again till like dinner that night instead of noon-ish. It was just mentally making me want to eat. And it was, I think it was like six o'clock in the morning. I never eat at six o'clock in the morning. I have not eaten a single thing at six for like two years now. And I was hungriest at six o'clock yeah. in the morning. And I was like, I didn't know why. Um, once I started getting into flow of things like um, working and whatever, getting my mind off, it was much easier, but it was that drive in the dark, only thinking about food and how long I had to go that made me really hungry. So even knowing the benefits, knowing it's a huge mental thing, I still experienced it, but it is, it's, it's a mental challenge. You have to get yeah. over it. Um, like get past it. I mean, get over it. Like <laughs> the movie came out wrong, but, um, it, it's interesting too, because you'll notice, especially the first time you do some of these fasts that you get your biggest hunger pangs when you usually eat it. And it's just like, I'm attributing it to kind of like a circadian rhythm, just like you get tired at night because your body's conditioned to fall asleep at the same time. And I, and I do recommend that for sleep. Go to sleep at the same time every night. You put your body into a pattern that it likes. But it's the same with eating. If we're used to eating six times a day and we always eat at like eight, 10, 12, two, whatever, um, we start getting hungrier at those times even though we don't need the food necessarily. So even if you go out in the day and you have enough calories at lunch, you went to, let's say Mandarin, all you can eat and you ate enough to last you a week, you'll still get hungry at dinner. And that's just a part of those hormones being released at the times you want to eat so you will get hunger pangs you just you need to know that it's okay to ignore them a little bit i mean if you have problems with low blood pressure and stuff there are people that this doesn't work well with um, in general unless there's some other kind of medical condition the three populations that i wouldn't recommend this for would be uh, pregnant women no reason to be fasting for extended periods if you're pregnant um, same with breastfeeding and then um, don't really try this until you hit 18 or so. You don't want to be doing it until you're a little older. Um, just to experiment with how it works. Not to say once in a while would be bad for someone under 18, but there's no reason to really start, just like you said about your kids and the ketogenic diet, eh, just <laughs> teach moderation and healthy eating. You don't need to get into fasting until a little later. Um, but yeah, the extended fast. So how, how did you find your 44? Yeah, 44. Uh... It was crazy. I, I grew up, again, I grew up every year, you know, we fasted once a year um, for, the, for the holidays. So being Jewish, we, we, we grew up celebrating Yom Kippur. Um, so I haven't done that in 
forever, so it's been a while since I've I've fasted, but I I wasn't afraid like I wasn't it's like I wasn't afraid to to do a, an 18 hour fast. It didn't seem like anything. When I stopped eating at four on Sunday, it was because I wasn't feeling well. Like I just felt like okay, I I'm gonna just cut everything out and I'm just gonna give my body a break. I got to 12 the next day, I was fine. I'm like, you know what, I'm, I'm gonna challenge myself a little bit and I'm not gonna eat the entire day. And then I waited until Tuesday, 12 o'clock. Um, I was only hungry when I decided that I'm gonna, like, I was fine, I wasn't hungry at all. When I, like you said, when I decided I was gonna go another, a full extra day, that's when I started getting hungry. Um, and after I got over that and I just, I, I put it in my mind that I was gonna do it. The only time I was actually hungry was I would say maybe an hour before I ate, mm-hmm. but I was actually hungry. Like at that point I, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about hung, hunger. I was actually hungry. Like my, I, I needed food. I, I, I needed to satisfy that, that actual real hunger. So, um, it's been, 44 a, hours. yeah, it's been a, <laughs> yeah. it's been a cool experience kind of identifying what real hunger is again, um, which is one of the, the biggest benefits I think I found for, for fasting, which will be cool to see what your experiment is. Yeah, so we're gonna try this weekend, going a little bit longer, but we have each other, so <laughs> <laughs> um, we're gonna try a three-day fast. Um, there are a lot of benefits. This is one of the things that got me more interested in fasting with like just the health benefits for different conditions with fasting. It, it really seems when you give your body that break from food, whether it's good or bad food, you get some benefits just on the fasting. I've actually uh, recently had a patient who had gout and they were having attacks constantly. They, I recommended they try a three-day fast and they were at a point where the pain was enough that they were willing to try whatever I suggested. So they tried a three-day fast, no attacks, I mean, gout is usually caused by the things you're eating so i wasn't surprised that they didn't experience a gout attack during that fast what surprised me a little bit was the fact that they went on vacation after that and didn't follow any dietary protocols so a lot of excessive drinking and eating and that was vacation great but not a single attack during all of that where they were experiencing it daily like multiple times a day leading up to that and just a three-day fast has just reset their body Um, and they were trying everything medical and and natural and nothing was really getting rid of this and now I'm curious to see how long it lasts I'm not encouraging them to keep eating and drinking whatever they want but uh, it's really interesting to me that something like that can just disappear and not come back quickly with the reintroduction of the things that really cause it most of the time. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious to see what other conditions would really benefit from that. Did you come across anything, Jill, in the reading uh, or the research? No, not really that I can, can think of that, like anything in particular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's more of a, let's see, let's yeah. keep seeing what research <laughs> comes out. Um, I don't think it'll hurt most people, mm-hmm. uh, but something that's very interesting to try. So I'm looking forward to our three-day fast. I'm mostly looking forward to our last supper. <laughs> and that's just Rob and Aaron. I'm not going to do the three-day fast. I'm going to do the 16-8. I think yeah. that'll be, be doable. I usually stop eating around 6.30 um, at night. Well, I usually then will have an evening snack, so I'll just cut on my evening snack, and then I don't think it'll be too challenging to... Yeah. Start eating again the next day, ten thirty. It's only so. uh, honestly, it'll be more mental than anything yeah. else. 
Yeah, and the first few times, always the most difficult. Mm -hmm. Then, no problem, just drink lots. <laughs> All of us, <laughs> including myself. Everyone needs to drink more water, so mm -hmm. include that. But um, yeah, I'm really curious to see where this goes because we'll talk about how our fasting has gone in the next one. Absolutely. Any closing remarks? We'll, we'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> if we do the podcast mid-fast, you might get a very angry, yeah, exactly. aggressive podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Right, thanks, guys. Bye.